Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the He vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and I'm joined by Kay and Orchard. And we really got a great episode for y'all because in case y'all ain't heard the news, Miami came into Boston and they stole not one, but both games at the TD Garden, man. I'm feeling amazing. You know what? Everyone came in here talking old ass smack against the Heat. Oh, you know what? They're not going to beat the Celtics. Oh, they only got a 3% chance to beat them. Oh, and, you know, Celtics got a 97% chance. Heat never played a team like Boston. This, that, this, that, this, that. Well, guess what? We came in and we stole both games and we're on our way to Miami right now. And, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen games three and game four. We'll go into game three specifically later on. But what a game, though. I mean, come on. Like, Jimmy Butler did his thing. Bam Adebayo did his thing. And, you know, one of the best stories of the game was none other than that man, Caleb Martin. Because in case y'all didn't see it, the man played an amazing game. Every time it seemed like Miami was getting into a bit of a deficit, Caleb Martin came in and hit a few key shots to keep to keep us out of whatever hole Boston would try to dig us in. And overall, what an amazing game. Like, I couldn't sleep last night because I couldn't help but think, like, the Heat really did that, y'all. The Heat really went into Boston and stole not one but two games. Like, a part of me was thinking that the Heat were going to go out there and they were going to get it back in blood after what happened last year. But I didn't know know it was going to be like that, guys. Like, yo, the Heat really did that. And I'm still in shock. Like, I was really shook after that game. Like, I was so happy. Like, honestly, if we could have done the pod immediately after the game um, ended, I would have done it. But, you know, I had other stuff to do. But overall, man, like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, we're really heading back to Miami up two games to nothing, man. And people still don't believe in us, and we don't care. Y'all can sit here and say that the Celtics coming back from 2-0, we don't care, man. You know what? Everyone on this team have been saying that since day one. We don't care y'all if y'all pick us. We don't care if y'all do. We're going to continue doing our thing, and we're going to try to get that fourth championship. That's why I love this squad. They're always going to play that role of being the underdog. In this case, they kind of have to because they're the eighth seed, but it is what it is, man. We're going to come out, and we're going to play the best basketball possible, possible, man. I'm so happy. Man, I'm really at a loss of words, and it's crazy because we're only three minutes into this pod, and there's so much that we do got to talk about, but I want to hear what you guys got to say as well. So at first, I'm going to pass the mic to you, Orch. Say what you got to say. Man, what another thriller we were in, guys. I mean, this this playoff run has been extremely special, and with how many clutch games Miami has played this year, it has clearly been paying off, like paying off in the playoffs. And this game, it was—I'm not gonna lie with you—I wasn't sure if Miami would win. I, you know, I'm always confident that they can grab a dub, but this was definitely a challenging one, especially on the road. But I think, I think everyone just stepped up. Like Caleb Martin on that—that's 19-2 scoring run by Boston did not look good, but I would say like him, his 
Caleb throughout the entire game was just keeping us keeping our offensive flow going, and that was extremely critical. And then in the fourth quarter, Duncan Robinson hitting those two threes just kept us in the game. Talk about it. Talk about it. We gotta talk about Duncan, man. That was he was he was special, man. Those threes, and that's how like I after he hit that second three, that's how like I think that's when all Heat fans knew we were gonna we we're coming back into this game. And I, I want to talk about Bam because of those all those cuts he was giving Duncan. That that was that was impressive, man. And I, that, I think that should be a key into the next game. But I'm not gonna get into that because we're, we'll talk about it later. Um, obviously the first half, you know. I think the first quarter went well. We were, it was a pretty it was a dog fight. I, I think our D I think the turnovers was really an issue in the first half, but in the second half we really we really improved on it and that's why that's why we went on that run at the end of the game. Just protected the ball. Um Jimmy <laughs> you know, Jimmy Butler is gonna do his thing in the fourth quarter. He lives for that moment. I don't know what the hell Grant Williams was thinking, and we're gonna get into that later as Joel was saying, but you do not mess with Jimmy Butler. And overall, I think I think this was a really good team effort. Right. And just like a quick thing to just add on to what you were saying, like, you know, the fourth quarter for the Heat, you know, that's where they played their best hoops, it really seems like. Because I saw a really good stat. Like, whenever a player is guarded by Jimmy or Bam in the fourth quarter, they only shoot like 28% from the field, you know? So... Not only do we clutch up on offense, but we clutch up on defense too. And a big shout out to you, by the way, um, Orch, for mentioning um, you know, that Duncan to Bam connection. That or in this case, the Bam to Duncan connection, because our guy Kev did want us to mention that. And I know Kay, you'll go into detail about it as well. So I just wanted to mention that. And Kay, like I just want to know, man, like being like one of the most um what's what I'm looking for, like optimistic heat fans out there, and we're seeing the heat do all this, like What's going through your mind? Because I know you're really hyped right now. I mean, it's always been about seeing them do the things that you know they're capable of. And I tell people, well, you know, we've been talking for quite a while, and it's kind of hard to ask people, so I get it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely more logical than most. I'm extremely more rational than most. And this isn't talking down on people's, like, irrationality at times or irrationality at times, um, whichever one is the right word in this sense or a particular instance. But – it's to speak to that point of being able to say, hey, if this team can be what they've been at their best moments consistently and not 100% of the time, but just 70% of the time, then that'll win you a lot of ball games. And you've seen it sustained over stretches, which allow, which allow you to believe that they're capable. Now, here's also the funny thing about sports, which I've tried to mention since my time began with the network, is that sports is that thing that it is as mythical as it seems you can be that team that is the best or among one of the best three-point shooting teams all year long have two or three of the best shooters in the league on your roster get into the playoffs and can't throw a rock in the ocean you can also be a team that's shooting historically poor shooting mysteriously wanderingly bad considering that you may have been the best shooting team in the league across the last couple of seasons or the last season in particular. And then you come into the next season and just can't throw a rock in the ocean during the regular season only to have that begin to switch in the playoffs. Those things happen in sports. That's the Miami heat. You can have guys that get cut by teams that 
perennially struggle to get into the playoffs or guys that don't even get looks into the league or guys that slip through the cracks and come to the Miami Heat and not only find and stick and maintain themselves in the league, but help propel the Miami Heat to big playoff wins. Like, that's Caleb Martin. Like, that's Gabe Vincent. Like, that's Max Struess. That's Duncan Robinson. And to the point made by Orchard, um, shout out to him for that. And, of course, as you, you know, shouted out Kev's point, um, Joel, it's that I mentioned this earlier in the year, too, when we didn't see a lot of Duncan. And, again, if Max is going to attack like he is, give him all the minutes he can play because y'all know that's always been my thing with Max. He just has more game than he wants to get to. But I also noted this early on in the Bucks series that he and Duncan were showing you more versatility in their game. And if that continued, that would be good because not only does them being more multiple help them get to their stuff more as far as getting buckets, producing for their team, getting or staying in rhythm for their jump shooting, which they're actually on the floor to do, but it manipulates the defense and creates different looks and spacing that the other Miami Heat players can manipulate. Now that takes it all to the grand point and how I had, you know, mentioned to you guys in some post-production situations via the chat that I would take on that spew, uh, Kev's take with my spew as well, because the overall point here is Duncan Robinson has always been kind of key for Bam in that Bam is allowed to be his best self when Duncan is on the floor but Duncan, along with an assertive BAM, is something that absolutely helps and impacts the whole team. Now, you look at the spacing when Duncan is making shots. You look at how somebody has to stay attached to him. Typically, one of the best defenders, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart in the Celtics series thus far and in that game, too. Um, but you also look at how that creates the opportunity for back cuts from either Duncan or the man on the far side. It's just so much that that pairing and what they're able to do opens up to the game too, man. I know I've said a lot here, so to tie a ball around it, it's just special what we're being able to see. And if the Miami Heat could make some shots, I said it, shoot 37% um, as a whole in these playoffs, they could win. And I don't know if they're doing that, but they have to be close because what they're also doing is doing the thing that I've, that we've all said that the Miami Heat have to do, which is play defense, be the hardest workers and fully willing to do the things that the other team isn't. And that's what we're seeing. Right. And, you know, just to add on, like, you know, first you mentioned like the guys that are getting cut and, you know, we see them coming on this team doing their thing. Like, you know, earlier today, the Heat tweeted the whole video about Caleb Martin's story. And it's so crazy. Like, I don't know. J. Cole might need to get a ring if we win the championship, man, because he really went and got us Caleb Martin. Like, you know, he never played in the Heat uniform before, but like, give him a ring. And you know what? We might have to um, give him the title of Heat legend because for him to help us get Caleb Martin, and shout outs to Karan Butler, too, for even having that connection with J. Cole. Like, that's such a crazy story. And the fact that we were able to land Caleb like that is amazing. And then also to um further continue, like you also mentioned the Bam and um Duncan connection. And this is something that, you know, you've mentioned and I've seen other people bring up on um, the TL. Like, 
the connection between those two has always been there. It's always been tough to get them two on the court because we always know how it's been with Duncan and how because he wasn't hitting his shots, he was looking like a liability and he wasn't really able to get that rhythm he once had. But here we are, man. Like, he's finally able to get his shots. We saw that in this past game where not only was he able to get some buckets off of some of the assists um, presented to him by Bam, but he was also to make a couple clutch threes, too. And, you know, speaking of Bam real quick, I just want to say, like, the man almost had a triple-double last night. It's crazy to think about, but he almost got, I think that would have been, like, his second triple-double of the um, playoffs, and he only yep. needed one more to do it, which is crazy to think about. So, you know, shout-outs to Bam for doing his thing. And, you know, the job isn't finished, of course. The job will never be done until we get that fourth win. But, man, like, here we are, man. Like I said... Six more wins. Six more wins, brother. Six more. Literally, like, we are halfway done with this series. Like, we have two more games to win, and we're going back to Miami for this. Like, obviously, you know, we might not sweep them. I want to get my hopes up too much, but... The fact that we went into Boston and we stole both games is crazy because I, 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 who was on the last spot? It was me and UK. Like, I was trying to be really optimistic about it because it's like I didn't want to come off as like greedy and stuff. So I said, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Miami lost this game because you know what? We're playing in Boston. Maybe the refs might favor them every now and then. You never know. But they really went and got the win regardless, man. And most importantly, we didn't have Scott Foster for this game, nor are we getting them for game three either. So that's also great to see, too. But overall, man, like, I'm just really happy. The job isn't done, as I already said. But, you know, to get both wins against the Celtics, it gives me – it's really – how do I say it? It's very therapeutic after what we had to deal with last year. So – I'm really happy right now. But is the, there anything and, that mm-hmm. and just to touch on your thing with Scott Foster, man, they saw LeBron down two out there in the West and had to call in the extender. So shout out to Bron still helping the Heat win titles. Exactly. Like, and that's the thing, because the NBA was in a tough situation. They said, do we want to bring out the extender to save the king or Jason Tatum? And y'all know how they feel about Bron. So they're sending him off to L.A. as we're shooting this pod. So, God bless you, LeBron. Man, go win game three if you want, and um, we'll go from there with it. So, is there anything else y'all want to add before we get into our next topic? I just want to talk about Bam a little bit. I feel like I feel like he deserves a lot more time about him because his – like, I feel like between Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler, like, the entire, like, TL, like, on Twitter has been going – obsessing over them and rightfully so but like you were mentioning joel this man almost had a triple double and he had the most like like you you wouldn't you wouldn't think it because it's not being talked about but i just i love this guy man he was he was aggressive from the start and you know i remember at halftime a lot of heat fans were really upset because he was only like two for nine if i'm not wrong but what did he do he stayed aggressive i mean Two for nine, but then he ended the game with 22 points. And a lot of it was in the fourth quarter where he hit a lot. I think, I don't know if he, I can't, I'm not sure, but I think he hit all his free throws in the fourth quarter. And that is insane because he's a, he's like a 70 plus percent free throw shooter. So the fact that he was knocking down all, all those pressure free throws 
in the fourth quarter was absolutely insane. And I don't remember which which one of us it was um, from Heat versus the World that was talking about his box out stats, but you could just see it throughout this game. He was grabbing every big rebound. His presence was just amazing. Like I remember that everyone was freaking out when Cody Zeller checked in because those non ban minutes were really really crushing. And that's when Boston went on their first 19-2 run in the second quarter. It was when Bam checked out because that's how important he is to our team. And at, and again, we talked about his passing and Duncan. You know, he even Bam knows he's a good passer. He was calling out Kyle after the game. But also, I want to talk about his mentality. I mean, the, the narrative for the last few years is that Robert Williams is going to lock him up and that he's scared of him. And he just puts that aside, and he just he just hoops, man. His impact is amazing. And I love the fact that after the game, he was calling out the TNT crew for not picking them over the last few years. I think he was talking about last year and this year. I, I love to see Bam doing that. And I really hope that he continues to stay the, as aggressive as he has been in game one and game two. Right. And just to, like, add on, man, like, another thing from last night's game that I don't think is talked about enough but should be – was that one key play specifically where Jimmy misses the shot and Bam is able to get the rebound and dunks it to give us, like, I think it was, like, a four-point lead. No, not even four, five-point lead. And it was, like, 105-100. It immediately gets erased by memory because of the fact that then, you know, Gabe ended up fouling Tatum um, at the three-point line and he got three free throws. But that play specifically right there was clutch. So big shout-outs to Bam. And then, you know, like overall, like, and you said it yourself, like everything about Bam has been amazing this series. And I love the fact that he said what he said when he joined the inside the NBA crew last night. And you know what? They were kind of adding more fuel to um what he's trying to um do right now because, you know, he mentioned like, oh, you know, we were the number one seed last year and y'all still didn't pick us. And you know what they said to him? They said, yeah, and y'all didn't win it. So, you know what? I want him to take that and continue to fuel himself up because you know what? They're sitting here and they're and they're trying to fire shots back at you. So use that to your advantage. Let's see what more you have left to give. Let's close this series out and let's see a dominant band. I know you're capable of being. And let's see that, you know, if we make it to the finals, I want to see it there too. Because in the finals, you're in a situation where you're up against two elite bigs, whether if it's um, Nikola Jokic or um, what's his name, Anthony Davis. So, you know what? I think this is great prep. For, yeah, great prep for Bam. And overall, like you hit it on the nail, Orchard. I just cannot wait to see what that man does. And, uh, let's see. Kay, what about you, man? Anything you want to add? Anything I want to add. You stepped on my toes. I wanted to jump right in at the orchard and mention the play that you mentioned, Joel. I got to stop potting with you, man. You're starting to read my mind. <laughs> um, so the thing about it, yo, is I think the concept that, you know, Orchard's speaking of and how everybody's talking about BAM, and that's why I made it a point of saying um, in my writing here, wherever I can, you know, tweeting, whatever, whatever, and all my appearances, business game, the breakdown, all of that. It's not aggressiveness, so to speak. It's assertiveness. And I think, you know, they can be one and the same, but assertiveness is more of a totality thing because that is what assertive means is, yes, being aggressive offensively, not stopping, you know, when your shot isn't falling as long as you're getting the good stuff because you're putting your other guys in position. You're still keeping the defense balanced. But then, like y'all mentioned, 
that fight for the rebound, that fight for positioning, you know, picking through two guys, drawing the fouls on the rebound because you're fighting so hard, because you're so assertive. Like in that play that you mentioned, um, Joe, to keep the Miami Heat right there within four. I mean, well, you know, I think, yeah, was it above? Was it up four? We, yeah, we were up two, and I think that was the go up four, right? Um, if mm-hmm. you, right, if you get that board and convert that play, not only does that put the Miami Heat up four, but it like drains momentum. That's like a dagger three when you give up an offensive rebound and get cranked on like that. When you got multiple guys down there and a the guy's just working so hard and been kicking your butt all series long that he's able to do it like that. But also, as mentioned, that takes you back to the first series. And you had the same kind of talk about Brooke Lopez, about Bobby Portis, about Giannis when he got back on the court. And Bam did his thing in moments. You had the same kind of talk with Mitch Robinson where he got down there. He has a problem with size. And then, like, when the Miami Heat really needed it, especially in game six, he got busy and showed you who the real big dog was, dunking on everybody's head like it was going out of style. And he's continued that play in game one and game two of his Boston Celtics series. And we've said it for a long time. I've written it personally. I know other people that have written it. With an assertive Bam out of Pio, the Miami Heat can win the title. It's that point blank period simple. And I know we still have things to do in this series, but that just speaks to how big his impact can be when he's assertive as he has been across the last couple of games. It's that big for the Miami Heat. And that's another point. Like people want to get on Zeller. Um, and and I, I think people always find myself defending the backup center. And I think it's not that as much as, like I said, I'm a realist and I try to be logical. What we have to do is realize that it's not the backup guy in himself. Orchard hit it right on the head in the way he described it and talked about it. It's just the fact that nobody from the big man position is going to be Bam. And when Bam isn't on the floor, we're going to notice it. So I think we have to stop attacking the backup big man and just come to terms with the fact that no other guy that's going to play the center for the Miami Heat is going to be Bam. And it's just going to look different. So you have to accept that. Right. Like the fall off between Bam and whatever center you put into um play as Bam is on the bench, like it's going to be there. And I'm not going to lie, even after last pod, I was still feeling nervous because it's like, I just don't want Jimmy or Bam off the floor. You feel me? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, they need breaks though, bro. We can't Toronto them. You know what I'm saying? I know. And it, you see that- how that man Jimmy looked after the hat for like first half? Oh my gosh. That's- yeah, man. They were questioning whether he was sick on Twitter for real. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, like I obviously I want them to get their rest. I don't want to be like Thugs where you know you're playing them like 48 minutes a game, but it's like, bro, I get so nervous when either of them are off the floor. Like it's not even funny. And then I'm literally just looking at the clock the whole time as the game goes on, being like, okay, it's officially been one minute since this guy's been off the floor. You know, that's one less minute we got. Not wait. one minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I see, like, the quarter, I started, because I think Bam doesn't play, or, or no. So, I think last game, I think Jimmy didn't start the fourth quarter. So, I'm literally looking at the clock, and I'm just, like, every time a minute comes off, I'm like, okay, we should be close to a Jimmy return soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> Because I just, I just need to have that comfort in knowing that the two best guys are going to be on the floor very soon, you know? Like, <laughs> but overall, man, just 
a great feeling overall that both of our guys were able to go out there and do their thing. And speaking of Jimmy specifically, we couldn't just do this part and not talk about what happened. Let's talk about, so, you know, it's crazy. Like, I just got a quick question. Like, I think Father's Day is next month. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I want to know, like, what do y'all think are some good gifts for um Grant Williams that he could give his dad, Jimmy? Like, do y'all know any good gifts? Like, is there any place where he could get maybe a good sale of stuff? Um, we'll start off with you, Kay. Like, what are some good gifts he could get, Jimmy? Um, you know, I don't think it, it's a gift for Jimmy, but it's a gift for Jimmy as used by Grant. Um, you know, perhaps he could uh, you know, get him a pacifier, you know what I mean? That'll help him stop talking and you know, um, maybe help his team. You know what I mean? You know what? That's a great idea right there. Um, Orchard, how about you? Do you have any gifts in mind you could get Jimmy? I say he gives him, he gives like, she give Jimmy two W's because Jimmy, so that, you know, that he can go to the finals. That would be the best son of the year. Orchard, that's I can't a... agree with you more. You, you won, brother. Yeah, <laughs> Those are all great options for the Heat. I mean, for Jimmy specifically. So in case y'all are wondering why we're talking about Father's Day, even though we still got a little over a month left before we get there, we have to talk about it because so yesterday Grant and his dad got into a bit of a skirmish. Basically, Grant shot a three to um, extend Boston's lead to nine. And he basically went up to his dad and was like, yo, dad, did you see me hit that three? I can't believe I made it and stuff. So then his dad was like, <laughs> oh, his dad was like, wow, cool. But then his dad got the ball and he made an and one and was going crazy. And, you know, Grant being the little kid that he is, didn't like the fact that his dad was trying to body him like that. So he got mad and they were exchanging words with each other. And before you know it, the dad got really upset. And y'all know you can't really talk back to your dad like that. Otherwise, you're going to see what happens. So, Not your daddy. <laughs> so, you know, you know uh, how it is with the dad. So before you know it, we see um dad Jimmy out here just flat out disciplining his own son, making every bucket possible. And it's not really looking good for um Grant. So basically that all happened. And, you know, Grant learned his lesson. You know, he messed around and found out. And I just got to say, man, like, Happy early Father's Day to Jimmy Butler because he really went out there and showed showed the world what it's like to be a great dad and discipline his child when they're out of place. So shout outs to him. And I want to know, like, how y'all feeling after seeing what Jimmy did to Grant? Uh, we'll start off with you, okay? Um, I don't have much to say, man. I think you just said it all. But you just forgot to, you know, mention how Jimmy reminded you know, his 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 child, that he was still the child after he scored on him. He was like, you're still the little guy. You're too little. Remember that. Um, I think that was a really influential part in the screenplay. But other than that, I can see the rest of my time the Orchard. That Orchard, how about you, man? How do you feel about this great parental lesson that Jimmy taught all parents out there? Well, that's Jimmy being inspirational as usual. But I, I, I'm going to say this again. I don't know what the hell Grant Williams was thinking. Like, this man hit a three. And he he's couldn't like, have been I'm him. Thinking, bro. I'm him, man. I'm him. And I'm like, dude, are we not, like, I, the, when he did that, I just reverted back to the, 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 the game against the Cavs where he was like, 
I'm gonna make them both. I'm gonna make them both. And then he misses both free throws. And I thought about that and I saw Jimmy's face. I'm like, oh man, this man's about to go off. And mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes when you're trailing, you just need a little bit of like you need something to encourage you to get it going. And that that trash talk by Grant Williams fueled the heat. Like Jimmy Butler, when he went off, the entire team went off. It was a, it was a group effort, right? especially on the defensive end because Jimmy was scoring, but then we were also getting stops, which was something we were really struggling in the third quarter because Boston outscored us like 33 to 21. But we just, we just turned it up. And I love, I really thank Grant Williams for that because you never know, man, we might not have won the game if he didn't feel Jimmy Butler up, but Hey man, Jimmy Butler saw Grant Williams on defense and said, "Mm, that's food right there. Exactly. And look, and I, you you make what? a good point. You know what? I take that back, Joe. Sorry to cut you off. I'm I, I don't want to get him a pacifier. I want to get him a <laughs> megaphone. I want to get him a megaphone so that he can keep talking and talk louder. Because you know, if that's gonna, you know what I mean, make Jimmy do like that, then I want him to be talking like as soon as he gets to the arena. Like I want him to say something during warmups. Like I need it from the onset. Like I want you know, get that man a notepad. And an ink pen so that he can start writing his material down because you know you bring up a very good point. You 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 fire Jimmy up like that is gonna be flames. I mean, here's the thing though. Do you also look at Missoula for leaving Williams on him? Because I noted that early in the game too. Yes, just to give Missoula time, he'll trick it off. Give Missoula time, he'll trick it off. And also to that point, um, just to add this before we transition. And right at the end of the game, I think it was like six, seven seconds left, Stan Van Gundy was appalled that Joe Missoula didn't call a timeout and at least play the foul game and try to get a couple of shots. He let He's going to let all of the time run out the clock? What, what is he doing? Like, SVG was appalled. You feel what I'm saying? So just give Joe Missoula time, and, and he'll trick it off. Right. And another thing that I just want to mention, like, you got Jalen Brown at the press conference. I don't know if y'all saw the quote, but I, I got the specific question, but they asked that man. They like, yo, you think you think um, what's his name? Grant did what was right or something? I don't, I don't know the exact question, but was he no comment? Right or... <laughs> yeah, he said he said no comment to Grant Williams doing what he did to Jimmy, and y- y'all already know, and we we know that um Jimmy and um Jalen Brown are good friends and stuff, so he knows personally who Jimmy is. So you can only, yeah, like you can only imagine what's going on in his mind because they mentioned like in the game, like you know, when getting ready for the draft, like them two was close and everything. So you already know, like this man knows who, who Jimmy Butler is as a person and everything. So you already know in his mind, he must be thinking all types of things as he's watching this moron try to say all this stuff to Jimmy. You know. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious though. So is there anything else that y'all want to throw in before we get ready for this final topic? I just want to quickly say that I I still don't know what Grant Williams like he could have trash talked anybody on the floor, but he chose <laughs> the most he chose the most psychotic guy to trash talk to. He's in he's in a he's in a a state of days confusion. He just doesn't understand it. <laughs> Nobody does. Grant probably sitting in a dark corner of his house right now. Like, what was I doing? Now, you know they attacked that man in the locker room. They were like, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got to get dressed in the broom closet. 
<laughs> exactly. And like, you know what? They was doing all this talk about how I think he's a free agent this summer. Yo, Grant Williams, if you're listening to this pod, ni hao, bro. If you don't know what that means, you better learn it real soon. Cause you go in China real soon. Man. Chill out, bro. <laughs> so you know, get ready real soon, man. Whether if it's the Guangdong Tigers, the Shanghai Sharks, or wherever, man, they gonna need you real soon. Check it up with Dwight. Perhaps maybe he can save you a spot on that team in Taiwan. But aside from that, man, shout outs to Grant Williams, though, because you know. All jokes aside, he really helped the Heat get the win. So, you know, shout under out any to circumstances, you. under any circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Him and Dylan Brooks, man. They going they gonna form a super team over in Taiwan with Dwight. Can't wait to see what they do. But <laughs> all that being said, though, um, so now let's get into this final topic and let's talk Heat versus Celtics game three. The series shifts back to Miami, and I'm just going to make this short, sweet, and simple. Let's get this win, Miami. The reason why I say it is because you get this win, you're up 3 nothing, and although the series isn't over, you know, even though we haven't killed the Celtics just yet, you basically put them in a situation where they're kind of like in a vegetative state. Because you know, even though the series isn't over because we didn't get that fourth win, we're up three games to nothing. They're just there motionless, just being, you know, just sitting there waiting to be taken out of their misery. So let's go in there. Let's win game three. Don't give them any hope whatsoever that the series isn't over because, let's face it, we won two games in Boston. We overachieved. Now let's finish it off in this game three. You know, let it be known that this series is done. And then let's try and get that fourth win as quickly as possible, depending on how long this Lakers-Nuggets series can go so we can get whatever rest possible before that matchup takes place. And, yeah, so let's see. I'm going to pass the mic to Orchard. What's your expectations for game three? Well, my expectation is obviously to protect home court. This is extremely big, obviously, that we've taken two games on the road. And, I, you know, I think the Heat, have, they've been saying this for the past few years, and I love the mentality. Act like you're down 0-2. Act like you're down 0-3. You got to just keep that mentality. Stay strong. Because, you know, the Celtics, they're going to be hungry for a win. And as it's like you were saying, don't give them any hope. If you if they, if they in game three, they're consistently, like, getting into their heads they're going to the Celtics are going to like start falling apart and that's exactly what we want but i think in terms of like players i'd like to see Kyle Lowry hopefully step up a bit because he wasn't able to he he obviously struggled in this game hence why Gabe Vincent played like 40 minutes uh, i'd like to see him i like to i like to see us you know do well in the non bam minutes because obviously we weren't doing too well without him at start but I was in the second half when he didn't play. We were managing pretty well. Um, we didn't go on any, any run, per se, but we, we it was stable. It was stable. Um, the three-point shooting, I think, obviously, we could do a lot better. And because we're at home, I expect us to do better. But I think the biggest thing for me is just what we've been doing in game one and game two. Keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum from scoring in the fourth quarter. I cannot tell you how impressed I am that they have held both of their star players arguably the best scoring duo in the NBA to the numbers they are in the fourth quarter. It is insane how they're doing that. Um, and also just not fouling, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the referees are going to, you know, give them the call, especially in the fourth quarter because, you know, no one wanted, you know, the rest of the NBA and Adam Silver doesn't want to see the Celtics go down 0-3. So just 
gotta stay got we can't foul we can't foul because those two fouls at the end were really bad you know the first one i guess it was a, it, it was a, it was the right call the second one I, that wasn't a foul on bam the one where he got those two free throws that was bs but we just got to stay strong that that's all that, those are my goals for the next game Right, and it's never going to be easy, too, because y'all know they're trying to get Lakers versus Celtics, you know, that battle for title number 18. But, you know, like you said, man, just go in there and take care of business because, come on, like I said, put them in the vegetative state, all right? Put them in the state of mind where they're ready to be taken out of their misery. And let's see, like, Kay, how about you, man? Um, Listen, bro, so here's the thing for me. I know you have to win four games, but if they can win to get this game three and go up three out, the series is essentially theirs for the taking. Like you all say, you're putting them out of their misery early because it'll be impossible in my mind for them to win four games in a row. So that's not saying that this is over by any means because they could win game three or whatever. But if the Miami Heat can win game three, which I expect them to because they have this mentality as well, um, then, you know, they'll be the done the majority of their job even though it would not be done so i expect the miami heat to come out protect home floor shoot well as both of you guys mentioned um because they're back at home and to that point that i made earlier i went and checked it because it was just sitting in my brain the miami heat are shooting 37.6 percent in the postseason it appears um based on all split so i mean if they can continue to shoot the ball at a well enough clip when it matters the most i think that you know they'll continue to do what they've done for the first two games. Right. Overall for the Heat, like like I said, and I'll say it again, just take him out of there. Well, you know what? We can't take him out of the misery. That's what happens when we win the fourth game. But, like, just put him in that vegetative state, all right? Let's take him out of this thing. We said we were going to get it in blood, and the best way to do it is by going up 3-0 and putting ourselves in a situation where we're already ready for the kill. So Miami... Let's get this job done, all right? Nobody thought we'd get this far. People were saying Celtics in six, Celtics in five, maybe Celtics They still are saying that, though. That's the thing. So, like, you know what? End this series now. And it's funny because don't be surprised if Miami wins game three and people are still saying that the Celtics still got a chance to win this series. Because, mind you... When the Heat took a 3-1 lead over the Bucks, I don't think I've seen so many people come out of nowhere and say that the Bucks were going to come back 3-1 the way how people were doing it, you know, for that series. Because you got to understand, like, at least let Game 5 play first. You know, like, if Game 5 played and, you know, maybe the Bucks win that game, then, you okay, if you want to predict it there, that's fine. Because now it's 3-2, Bucks need one more win to force Game 7, go from there. But nah, they literally couldn't even wait. Like, after Jimmy had that legendary Game 4 performance, the the predictions automatically came flying out of these people. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if the same thing was to happen if we were to take a 3 nothing lead. So, it is what it is. The Heat, you guys mentioned it. The Heat have always had this mentality where they are the team that's down zero games to three because of the fact that they are the eight seed and everything. And that's what I love about the squad. So, I expect them to play at their very best protect home court especially after what happened last year against this Celtics team because Miami last year ended up losing three of their four home games against this squad so it's only right that we make up for that and protect home court this time around so with that all being said that's basically it from my end is there anything that y'all want to add before we call this an episode 
just real quick, I just want to talk about our rebounding. I think that's also going to be a big key in the next game because we out-rebounded Boston by 10. I think it was 45 to 35. And I, I feel like I say it's every single podcast, but just rebounding is so important. Like we don't, we win when we out rebound our team majority of the time. And part of it is just, you know, obviously I think we're number one in most hustle stats. So just hustling for the loose ball is so critical and let's go heat. Yes, sir. Good, yes, brother. sir. Yes, sir. And what about, okay, you're good. K. Yep. All right, so with that being said, man, Miami Heat, let's go win this game three. Let's go up three nothing. We believe in y'all. And you know what? Make sure y'all follow us on Twitter. Follow me at JoeKJacob underscore Orchard at JimVP versus the world. And our guy K at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure you follow Heat versus the world on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat versus the world. You'll get access to all of our podcast episodes along with episodes for our other shows too including Biscayne Breakdown starring Kay and Deem and we also got our Dolphins pod and Dolphins versus the world so if you love football make sure to check that out and make sure to check out our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com we got great articles there from our guy Kay and many of our other contributors so make sure to check that out And aside from that, that's basically it. So Miami Heat, we believe in y'all. Let's keep getting these wins. We only need six more before we get that championship. And we're always doing a pot after every Heat win. So God willing, we we still have six more episodes to record before we call this a season. So with that being said, let's go get championship number four, Miami Heat. Do it for Jimmy Butler. Do it for all the people out here that's been believing in y'all since day one. And let's go Heat, man. With that being said, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.